in the boat, okay? We're going to deal with false prophets, uh, false teachers, and false doctrine. Uh, and, and how to approach and how to process all these things. Um, when we, I first got saved, uh, there is, and especially when you're saved and, and you're, then you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're open to a lot of spiritual things. Uh, you have a thirst. There's a, and sometimes that hunger and thirst for spiritual things, people will use that to draw you away. Uh, they merchandise that. Uh, and it's natural as a new Christian to be enthused about spiritual things. And uh, I have to confess to you that I, I, I got out on a few limbs. And uh, I, some, some, you know, few people had my influence because I, I looked at them as someone who, who was safe uh, and supposedly knew, but they knew more than I did supposedly. And, uh, and then I began to follow some of their teaching and I got out on a limb. And, uh, you know, if, if you're, if you're really serious with God, God has a way of bringing you back to balance. Okay? God has a way of, of disciplining you and, and allowing you to run into a wall or two and, and get you, you know, get, when you get misdirected, you kind of get you back on track. Uh, but, but that is not the best way to learn. The best way to learn is to learn through wisdom for yourself. Okay? And there's probably people here, and I know people here that, that has got involved in 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 of, of real far out stuff, okay? And it was it was simply drawn astray because you have a you have a desire to know God, to be close to God, and to be right, you know, to do things that are pleasing to God. So hold on to this this information page right here. Put it in your Bible. Put it somewhere in your office. And uh, and every once in a while, when you're faced with uh, uh, maybe the prophet or the our, our prophetic word or false teacher or false teaching you need to pull this thing out and go over it and uh, run the things that you you have been uh, faced with through through a filter of what i'm giving you tonight all right uh i'm i'm not going i'm not i'm not going to exhaust the subject but i'll just give you bits and pieces all right let me give you the title calling that you carry if you're here and you're you're born again believer this is a title calling that we all wear now a title is something that that pertains to a responsibility or a mantle or an anointing that you carry that God expects you to fulfill. Okay? The title calling of the church is to be a pillar and ground of the truth. Now, it's found in 1 Timothy chapter 3. Now, a pillar is a support. So you, can, you could read that verse this way. That, uh, These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. In other words, God has invested into the church. Who's the church? That's every born-again believer. God has invested in you the truth. And he said, now you are the support and the ground of the truth. I've planted that truth in you. Now you are to support it. You are to be its strength. That is your title calling. And if, and if the church gets off course, it's going to get off course through people that are led astray. Correct? So we have, to, we have to be careful. Now, I want you to get this. Just as our government is to guard and protect its citizens, the church should be vigilant against false prophets, false teachers, and false doctrine. 
You, we've got to be vigilant. Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 and 5. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed. Now, his, his disciples have come to him. It, it, Matthew chapter 24 is mostly prophetic in, in the utterance that Jesus has given. And it's in a future tense. And they've asked him questions. When will, these, when will this be? When is the temple going to be destroyed? When will these things be? And the first warning he gives to his disciples is this. Take heed that no one deceives you. Okay? For many will come in my name. There's going to be many people coming in the name of Christians. And what, what's going to happen? I am the Christ. And we'll do what? We'll deceive many. Not, not deceive one or two, but there's going to be many be deceived. And I confess to you tonight that I, was, I walked in deception for, for quite a while. Until God began to deal with us and deal with me and brought us back to balance. First Timothy chapter 4. Now the Spirit expressly says. Now notice that Spirit is a capital S. It's not talking about our Spirit. What is it talking about? So the Holy Spirit is saying something, right? Now when the Holy Spirit says something, it's kind of like E.F. Hutton. When E.F. Hutton speaks, we ought to pay attention to what he's saying, all right? Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times... That's the day in which we live. Some will depart from the faith. Now get this. Some will depart from the faith. The faith. What faith? The faith that was given, the doctrine or the teaching that was given to the church, the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some will depart from the faith. Now someone says, well, can a Christian backslide? You can't depart from somewhere you've never been. You can't depart from Wasco if you've never been in Wasco. You can't depart from the faith if you've never been in the faith. Some shall depart from the faith. What's, what are they going to do? Giving heed to what? Deceiving spirits, small s, deceiving spirits in people, okay? And doctrines of our teachings of demons. Now you say, well, uh, teachings of demons, we have to worry about that today? Absolutely. Listen. Deception comes wearing religious clothes. If you went to your front door and the devil is out there at your front door with horns and a pitchfork, you let him in? No. That'd be stupid, right? But he, so how is he going to get into your house? How is he going to gain? How is he going to gain entrance and access to you? He's going to look religious. He's going to look good. But he's but he's not. He's a wolf in what? Sheep's clothing. So you have to understand. That deception is going to come wrapped in something that looks and sounds religious. Or else, because if it doesn't, you're certainly not going to embrace it. Uh, what I embraced sounded good. It sounded religious. It sounded really spiritual. So we're going to go through some things here of how we are to respond. And uh, the first one is notice, what should our reaction be to the prophet and a personal prophetic word? Now, uh, I realize that sometimes... When, when, when teachers teach in this area, and sometimes uh, you get accused of, uh, you know, pastors quenching the Spirit or, or whatever. And that's not the issue. We want the Spirit of God to work. And we want the, the Holy Spirit to work in the gifts of people. Uh, all right? But we also have to be aware that not everybody operates in the gifts of the Spirit with pure motives. All right? You have to be aware of that. Okay? So what, what, how do we respond? Number one, be gracious to the person speaking, 
but do not receive immediately the word that's been given you. Let me run that by you again. Be gracious to the person, you know, because they'll come and they'll say, I have a word from God, or they'll phrase it, I have a word from God for you, or it could be somebody ministering. And remember, I've warned you, there might be somebody come through our church that I knew several years ago, but they may have changed in the process. And just because I have them here doesn't mean that I'm going to approve everything they say. And so you had to be adult enough to spit out the bone. And then I'll deal with him after, after he speaks. But just because he's in the pulpit, people change. People change. And sometimes, sometimes the next time you hear him preach, you go, wow, where, where'd that come from? And then they pray for the people and the words they, you know, you, you try to stay close to hear what kind of a word they're giving people because sometimes they give people weird stuff. How many of you know what I'm talking about? All right. So notice, be gracious to the person speaking, but do not receive immediately the word being given to you. What are we to do? We are to judge it. We are to judge it. In fact, <clears throat> talk to a mature believer about what he told you or what she told you. You know, don't receive it and go off wild and, you know, you, you talk to another believer that, that's maybe more established or more mature than you and find out, what do you think about this? This is what this person said to me. And, and get their response. You don't receive that stuff immediately, okay? But you judge it. Get mature believers' opinion about it. Secondly, does it violate scriptural principles? Does it violate, if what they told you, does it violate a scriptural principle? Is, is it dishonest? Is it immoral? Is it going to lead you to be in? Uh, does it violate God's order? What do I mean by that? There, there is an authority structure in God's order. Does, does, does the word to the young person tell them that they can disobey their parents? There's, there's an order of authority. Does that word, uh, you know, ask you to violate God's authority? If it's a husband or wife, does that word to the husband or the wife, does it, does it affect the authority of the home? I mean, there's all kinds of things you have to run this thing through. Uh, in order to receive it, all right? Number three, does it confirm what the Holy Spirit has already been, give, uh, been speaking to our heart? Does it confirm what the Holy Spirit has already been speaking to our heart? Now listen, we should never receive an unconfirmed directive word from anyone. Let me run that by you again. We should never receive an unconfirmed directive word from anyone. John chapter 16, verses 12 and 13. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, capital H, who's he, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth has come, he will do what? He will what? Into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. If the Holy Spirit has not already been dealing with your heart of something that, that he is wanting you to do, when somebody comes over you with a prophetic word, it must be a confirming word, not a directive word. Now listen, if you receive everything that somebody speaks to you in the name of Jesus or in the name of the Lord over you, you are going to be a sick Christian. You, you, will, you will be so out of order and so messed up because the Holy Spirit has been given. The prophets of the Old Testament was different 
than the prophetic word in the, in the New Testament. Prophetic words or prophecy flows in three channels to the church. For edification, to exhort, or to discipline. That's the three channels. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 14. There's three channels that it flows in. It will, it will comfort you, it will encourage you, or exhort you, or it will discipline you. And when it gets out of those words, and when, when they say, Yea, thus saith the Lord, you shall deposit a thousand dollars in my bank account. You'll be surprised how many does that. I've had a few prophets come through and try to get in your bank account. We've been there. We've been there. First thing some prophets try to do is get in my bank account. They always try, they always try this, this way. They, they try it because this is the test that most, most Christians that are not faithful fall for is money. And I've had them present all kinds of issues. You know, we, if we do this, you know, we can make, the church can make a lot of money. He just didn't say that he'd make a lot of money along with the church. And I have to tell them, we don't do that here. I don't merchandise the church. I don't have pyramid marketing schemes go through the church. If somebody in the church is in pyramid marketing, whatever that, I have no control over that. But the leadership of this church does not do that. Because I'm not going to merchandise God's people. Is that okay? But they'll always try. They'll, now listen, don't receive a directive word from a so-called prophet. It will be a confirming word, not a directive word, okay? Number four, does it, uh, typo, does it promote peace in your heart or confusion? Does it promote peace in your heart or confusion? God is not the author of confusion. Does it promote peace? Are, are, what you hear, is it promoting peace? True story. Received a phone call a few weeks ago. The voice on the end of the line was, was disturbed. Uh, they used to go to this church. They haven't, they haven't been here in months. Uh, he, just, they just have some mental issues they've been, they've been trying to go through. Uh, person calls, frantic, and he, and he said, Pastor Ross, I am confused. I don't know what to believe. He went to a private Bible study and prayer meeting, and they were trying to cast the devil out of him and speak devils out of him, and he'd been a Christian for years. And he said, I am concerned, Pastor. He said, I thought I was a Christian. I said, I thought you was a Christian too. And he said, well, they was, they was calling forth demons and evil spirits out of me and all this stuff, and I'm confused. And I said, well, are you well? He said, no. And I said, well, evidently it didn't work. Let me give you some advice. Don't go back to that Bible study. <laughs> They're nuts. Weird. I said, you just have a mental condition and you need to get help, medical help, and that's what you need. You need to get restored and get your mind back to thinking right and get to thinking biblically and stay away from those people that don't know what they're doing. They're confusing you. and they're, they're, they got, I can feel the fear in your voice. That's not God. And if it was a devil and they cast it out, you should be well. I wish all of our problem was demonic. We'd just cast the devil out of everybody. We'd be good. Wouldn't we? 
That'd be an easy way to get rid of all of our problems. Just cast the devil out of all of us. The devil's not our problem. The flesh is our problem. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Hmm. Number five, does it or will it bring glory to God or does it appeal to your flesh? Woo! Yea, saith God, you shall go forth and have a great ministry in Brazil and thousands will come to your meetings and thousands will come and get saved and thus and such and so. And you, you ain't even been saved for two months. You, can't, you, don't, even know the, you don't even know the books of the Bible yet, but you're going to go to Brazil and have a great ministry and millions are going to come to your crusades and thousands are going to come to Christ. Listen, what does that appeal to? Your pride in your flesh. Boy, that'd be great. Wouldn't that be great? Don't, don't receive that kind of stuff. If God has that in your future, you'll be faithful where you're at. And as you, you're faithful where you're at and as you mature in the Lord, God's going to lead you and open doors for you. And, he, and if Brazil is in his will for you, you'll wind up there. Man, are we okay? Number six, is the person speaking someone you know and trust? Do they have a proven ministry? First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 12. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Recognize. Are they proven ministries? Are they people you trust? Are they fly-by-nighters? Are they someone who's outside the authority of the church and are just kind of floating around to this congregation, that congregation? They have no proven ministry, no track record, but yet they float in and say, we have a word from God, and they've never done nothing in their life that caused problems. Don't receive a word. If the person speaking to you, uh, you, you, knowing them, all right? Or is it someone operating outside recognized authority, a self-appointed prophet, using gifts for self-promotion? Because that's what they do. People that work in this realm, that's what they do. They work to manipulate you. They'll pick you off. And, and, they'll, and they will give you those directive words, and those directive words will separate you from from solid people and get you into some weird stuff, okay? How do we spot false teachers? How do we spot false teachers? Real quickly. False teachers contradict sound or balanced doctrine. False teachers contradict sound or balanced doctrine. If what they are saying is not balanced, now, in order to know if it's balanced, you have to know the Word of God for yourself. You have to know the Word of God for yourself. Or go to someone who is more advanced in the Word before you accept that and find out if it is true. Find out if it's balanced. But, uh, but don't receive that all at once. Number two, false teachers promote immoral living. False teachers promote immoral living. Verse, Jude verse 4. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Lewdness, lasciviousness. When you teach a, a, a doctrine or a teaching that to, like, for instance, grace, uh, to the extent or to the, in the absence of holiness, uh, if you just say, well, the grace of God is going to cover me no, no matter what, it will lead to immoral living. 
False teachers de-emphasize sin and judgment. False teachers de-emphasize sin and judgment. Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 13 and 4. Because from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. They have also healed, uh, they have also healed the hurt of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Talking about false prophets. They de-emphasize sin. Uh, repentance and sin go together. Okay? False teachers are motivated by greed or selfish gain. False teachers are motivated by greed or selfish gain. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 3. For there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways. How many? Many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. And, and it goes on to say, and if God spared not the angels that sin, he's not going to spare them either. All you have to do is watch TV to find out this one is going on in our present day all over the TV. Some preachers, that's all they minister on is you sowing a seed into my ministry so that you can get a blessing. I, you know, someone says, you better be careful, Pastor. No, I, I'm trying to teach you something. I'm trying to teach you something. All those people that say you can pay for a blessing, they are deceiving you. Can you bribe God? Can you force God by giving somebody an offering to give you something you don't deserve? That, it's not even logical. But I want to tell you what. Millions and millions of so-called believers, they are merchandising as we sit here in this building today. They are deceptive, and they're motivated by greed. And they're fair and sumptuously while a lot of people that are supporting them are starving. If you want to give somebody an offering and send an offering to someone, I've done that. And many in this building, I've, Brad, I mean, we send people an offering. But once you send them an offering, you're on their list. You'll, you'll be on their list. I mean, but they're going to, I get letters all the time, Okay. But, but so most of them are good letters because I don't give to those guys that they have a they have a word of truth. I like some of the stuff they say, but but the reason they're deceptive is at the end of the program, you know, you have to give so much for to get their blessing. Isn't that true? False teachers are motivated by greed, or selfish gain. There's one guy that I watch on TV, and uh, Andrew Womack Ministries. And uh, he's a little bit dull in his presentation, but he is as honest as the day is long. And he just simply tells you, if you cannot afford to buy this material that I have, you go ahead and let me know, and I'm going to send it to you. You don't have to pay a dime. He said, the reason I do this, he said, I told God, if God, if you prosper my ministry, he said, I went, me and my wife went to a convention 
years ago, and he said it was a convention about prosperity, and he said we really needed the teaching that these people were teaching. And he said uh, we did not have the money. We went out to look at the material, and he said we did not have the money to buy it. And he said we left there not being able to purchase that literature because we couldn't afford it. And he said when I left there, he said I made a covenant with God. He said, God, if I'm ever in a position to help someone, and if you bless my ministry, I don't care if they have money or not. I will give them that. If they can't give me a dime, I will send them the, the material, whatever material they ask for, I will send it to them, and it won't cost them a dime. And he's held to that. And if you don't have any money, but you want something that he has, all you got to do is email him. You won't have to pay him nothing. He'll send that to you uh, cost-free. I respect that. I respect that. And then as a result of that, God has prospered the guy immensely. And he reaches a billion people a year, something like that. Uh, now his ministry is in, the, like, I think he said like $40 million a month. Uh, I mean, God has blessed him and blessed him and blessed him. And he gives more material away than other people sell. And he's debt free. See, so ministries can do that. Ministries can do that. But a lot of them are motivated by greed. And uh, it's not so much a ministry to help you as to help themselves. False teachers look like the real thing. Now, let me go with number five. False teachers cause division. Okay, Jude verses 16 through 19. False teachers cause division. Truth unites. Error always divides. Why does that happen? And you can read the scripture for yourself. Why does that happen? Because truth Everybody that knows the truth is going to stick to the truth. They're going to unite behind that. But I'm not going to leave the truth to, to embrace error, so that immediately causes division. I'm not going to accept that. Why? Because it's wrong. So it immediately causes a division in the body of Christ. Once you get into error, it's, you know, you, you, you'll, you'll feel a divisive presence simply because the balanced folks is not going to accept that. So you're going to, you make, is that making sense to you? So, so truth will unite, error always divides. False teachers look like, number six, false teachers look like the real thing. All right, wool some sheep clothing. But what they do reveals more about them than what they say, or what they say, okay? What they do, how they live reveals more about them than what they say. They might look like sheep, but they're living other than like sheep. I was, <laughs> it's amazing when the truth comes out about people. Uh, there's one teacher I was watching, and he, he, they have some good stuff. But I think he's only like his third or fourth marriage since he's been a Christian. And uh, I thought, that's cool. That's really cool. Uh, I won't say any more about that. But what are they doing, their lifestyle? How do they really live in I mean, how many mansions do they have? Do they have a mansion on the coast, a mansion on the mountains? I'm not against, I'm not against living good, and I'm not against prosperity, but when you're building multimillion-dollar houses here and there and yonder and all that stuff, that sends up a red flag to me. I'd feed a lot of missionaries, a lot of starving children you raise money for. How can two people live in a $16,000 or 16,000-square-foot home that's a little big for two people, wouldn't you say? When they're taking money from you to send to orphans in Africa 
or to drill wells. How many water wells would a $15 million home build or drill? That's just stuff that I run through my mind, okay? Just stuff that I ask. You know, maybe a half million dollar house would be appropriate for a second home. Is this okay? I, this is just some things in my mind. My mind just goes through all these things. I'm thinking, and you want me to drill the well? I think you need to sell the house. What time is it? I'm already, I'm already past time, huh? I can't see that. All right, I'm going to read this real quick. You can fill in the blanks. How do we react to new revelation or teaching? Ephesians chapter 4 talks about winds of doctrine, winds of teaching. Winds blow through the church world all the time, okay? And, and, and Ephesians is talking about he gave apostles, prophets, pastors, uh, evangelists, teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. And, and it talks about so they come into maturity so they're not blown about with every wind of doctrine. That's what, we, that's what we're to come to. We're not to always be blowed around with, with all these winds, okay? Number one, be cautious of revelation that is presented as new. Be cautious of revelation that is presented as new. Is there anything new under the sun? Okay. Now, does everybody know the difference between a rhema word and a logos word? Who does not know? This is logos, the written word. Okay. Rhema is a revelation from God. When you're reading the logos, all at once, the Holy Spirit will give you a rhema a word from God about what you're reading, a, a, a revelation, okay? He does that all the time. If, if you study the Bible in it all, you'll be reading through the Bible and, and a verse that you didn't really connect with any at all. All at once you read that thing and there's a, there's a rhema word. You know, wow, that's, that's what that means. That how I, that's how I apply it. That's a rhema word. That's a revelation from God. So you have the logos word, you have a rhema word, okay? But when somebody comes out of the woodwork saying, I've got... This new revelation that nobody else knows about and exclusive to me, you got to be careful of that, okay? Two, be cautious of everything or anything that requires private interpretation. Now listen, your churches are not just really not up to speed with what I'm teaching. <clears throat> I'm teaching this deeper, leaper stuff. And not every church, not every church, not every pastor is up to speed with what, you know, not on our level. So because we have this new thing and we have this, we have this, you know, it's, it's exclusive. We, we know how, how, how it works. So what you need to do is leave that church and come over here because we have an exclusive thing, you know. Be aware of, no, 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 no. Be aware of anything that requires private interpretation. Number three, watch out for extremes uh, are truth out of balance. Be, watch out for extremes or truth out of balance. Sometimes the enemy will take truth out of balance. In other words, faith is to be balanced out with what? All right. That's what James says, right? Faith. Now, I realize that sometimes we zero in on a certain specific thing. As pastors, you deal with certain areas, then you go to certain areas. You, you kind of go, but, you know, you can't deal with everything all at once. So I realize that sometimes you deal with one area for a while. But you have to come back to balance. It's not all blessings, blessings, blessing, blessing, blessing. Okay? I believe in blessings, but I also believe in giving. Give and you shall receive. Faith without 
works is dead. You understand the balance? You can't, when you get into these extremes, out of balance stuff, then it doesn't work. How about, how about God's love is, count, is balanced out by God's wrath? I mean, you hear about God's love, but you hear very seldom hear about God's wrath, but God does get mad, right? He has a righteous anger. God's mercy balanced out by God's justice. So there, there's a balancing effect, okay? Uh, you know, the blessed son or being a blessed son is, is you know, is, is balanced out by being obedient, okay? Being the obedient son. Blessing and prosperity is balanced out by repentance and sacrifice. So there's a balancing effect. So be, beware of, of stuff that's out of balance, okay? Number four, watch out for the promise of instant maturity, our instant success, our instant prosperity. <laughs> Mary Rich, okay? That's the only instant way you're going to get money. Number five, do not judge a spiritual truth or ministry based on external signs. This is a big, this is a big stumbling block for a lot of people. Do not judge a spiritual truth or ministry based on external signs. Uh, gifts, gifts following a ministry is no sign that it is a legitimate ministry. There could be miracles taking place, but it doesn't mean that God's favor is on that ministry. It means God is responding to someone's faith. Is it okay? Don't do that because there's lying signs and wonders. Didn't, isn't that what the book says? In the last days, there's going to be lying signs and wonders, and many will be deceived. Many will be deceived. So don't, gifts are not a sign of maturity. I had a pastor that flowed in the gifts that tried to murder his wife. I was raised in some dangerous times. He was plotting murder. He already tried to kill her once and was plotting to kill her again and was floating in the gifts of the Spirit in church. Was not mature. But the gifts of the Spirit was still real. Now that would really frost you. We can talk about that again uh, some other time, but that actually happened. Uh, and, and if you don't think it does, read the Old Testament where that guy, where Balaam was, went and prophesied over Israel. He, that guy was, he was doing it for money and money alone and greed. And God still used him to give a prophetic word over that nation of Israel. Did he not do that? He used an impure vessel with gifts of the Spirit. Be careful of practices at, that elevate emotional experiences above God's Word. Be careful of practices that elevate emotional experiences above God's Word. Can you trust your emotions? No. Are we emotional people? Absolutely. I get emotional when the Holy Spirit comes on. I mean, I get emotional. But just because I'm emotional, I mean, you don't, you don't prove a spiritual teaching by emotionalism. Watch out for teaching that justify carnal desires. Watch out for teaching that justifies carnal desires. And I gave you a scripture. You can look it up. I'm going to quit real, right with this last word. We're living in a dangerous world, and especially a dangerous church world. Be alert to spiritual deception. Be alert. Why do I say that? Because the Scripture is very clear that in the last days, some will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And it's happening in our world as we sit here. Our church world 
it is taking place in this world. I, I, if I had time, I'd give you illustration after illustration of churches across America and, and movements across America that has embraced ungodly teaching. Okay? Ungodly teaching. Ungodly people in the pulpits. Amen? All right. Be, be aware. Okay? All questions? Any questions? And I think I'm, I'm way over. Am I way over? I can't read. What time is it? Well, it don't work. I've got jewelry on my wrist. I'll tell you about this. I went to town, and I went to Walmart, and I was going to get a battery for this, and nobody at Walmart worked the jewelry section. I waited, and I waited, and I waited to get a battery for this watch, and so I just left it on my wrist. But it froze at 730, so I got 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go down here to Kmart and get my battery down here, okay? All right. All minds clear? Huh? All right. Keep this. This is not an exhaustive test on all these issues. But I'm telling you, it will, go, it will get you started in staying in the boat and not be carried away with, with, with winds of doctrine and with false teachers and false prophets. Uh, don't let people manipulate you with so-called gifts because people out of our church has been manipulated by they're not here today because they've been, they've been drawn away by, by people operating with false gifts. And uh, listen, don't, don't be aware of it, okay? Be aware of it. God bless you guys. Hope.